Well, it's rivalry week, and can the Bruins really escape their big game woes? Pac-12 title hopes have really been scrambled, so let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. Boom. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's your favorite host, it's Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. This is Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, and it's free on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for your support. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As I teased in this episode, UCLA, they've struggled with big game woes. And no, while big games do not technically consider Arizona with your path in front of you, that considered botching your opportunity. We'll get to that later. UCLA with big games. What do I mean? Well, coming into this week, everybody is wondering, with all the attendance jokes and who, where's, how many people are going to show up to the UCLA-SE game? How many tarps will be let off in the, will take in, be taken down the Rose Bowl? And the question is, it was answered. UCLA, it's been a couple days since it's actually happened, but announced that UCLA would remove four of their sponsored tarps, have the UCLA ones that say UCLA in the end zone, for a max capacity of technically 70,000 865. And then after that announcement, it turned into UCLA actually selling out the Rose Bowl technically with available seating and with a almost max student section, quote unquote, turnout, because technically you can be a student and not sit in the student section. The Bruins will be bringing approximately 16,700 students to this game, the largest ever reported for a student section for a UCLA football home game, largest ever from reports. So UCLA has gone through and sold out the UCLA SC game, which I would have expected was going to have the biggest crowd. We all could have expected this. Very easy to decipher. And then I started to wonder, when was the last time UCLA had a big game with this many fans in attendance? And especially being in California and with COVID, and we're not going to get into the real depths of it. It's been a long time since UCLA's actually, or even SC for that matter, has hosted a crowd with this many people. Funny enough, I did some digging. And yes, you can go between within a couple thousand, yes, like the LSU game from last year. But my real question is, with UCLA opening up 70,000 seats, approximately the Rose Bowl, when was the last time UCLA played a football game, whether it be at home or on the road, that had 70,000? thousand people in attendance reported nowadays in modern times we have based on box office seats sold not exactly who shows up but still you're buying 70,000 percent 70,000 of the seats it is what it is so I did some digging UCLA last year in all their games even the LSU game included did not have 70,000 seats sold at any game they went to they including the LSU game 
had a max, I believe, of 68,000, and the Bruins won that game. But for our intents and purposes in this episode, it is simply, 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 simply based upon 70,000. So the LSU game from last year does not count. So I did some more digging. Well, 2020, that's not going to do anything. All right. 2019, I went back to 2019. Hmm. Were there any games with UCLA schedule that had over 70,000 for the Bruins? If you remember in 2019 with Chip Kelly in his second year, Bruins were 4-8. and eight. They weren't hosting anybody that would have gotten 70,000, right? Well, no. UCLA back in September 14th with Jalen Hurts and the Oklahoma Sooners led, of course, with Lincoln Riley and company then. A top team with Oklahoma in that back-to-back series in 18-19. The Bruins hosted the Oklahoma Sooners and got an attendance figure of 52,000 technically on Troy Aikman coin giveaway. And with how UCLA started that year, wasn't exactly surprising. Despite the big opponent coming in, the Bruins didn't fill out the Rose Bowl. In 2019, when they played SC, UCLA and SC did not fill up the Coliseum anywhere near 70,000, just like they did last year. So here we are looking back at UCLA's schedule. Maybe it would have been a little different during COVID, but we'll never know, you know, what that schedule would have lined up to be. But through 21, 2020, and 2019, UCLA had not played a single game with an attendance at home or on the road of 70,000. So I did some more digging back to 2018. And who was on the UCLA schedule back in 2018? Well, Oklahoma was, of course, on that schedule. And where did UCLA go? They went to Norman, played at Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, and against a top-five Oklahoma team that year with Kyler Murray and a very young DTR in the first year of UCLA's Chip Kelly era, the Bruins found themselves on the wrong end of a decision against Oklahoma. 49-21, where they actually led for a brief moment in that Sooners game with DTR getting the start because of Wilton Spate getting hurt against Cincinnati. So you have to go back almost more than four years and close to three months, two months technically, closer to three, where UCLA played a game with over 70,000 fans in attendance. And that was the Oklahoma game at Memorial Stadium in Norman with 86,000 reportedly attending that game between the Bruins and the Sooners. So I know we've talked about on this podcast about how the Bruins haven't had too many big games, that Utah game being a big one. Bruins passed that test against Oregon, not so much, although they can only hold so many in Otson, getting cramming in just under 60,000 in Eugene. So a big game with opportunity against a a big-name non-conference opponent with fans in attendance is what we're diving in on. So UCLA, it's been four years, four years plus since they've even played a game with over 70,000 people in attendance. In 2022, the the Bruins haven't even played a game, technically speaking, with Oregon falling just a bit short because of how many fans they can seat Knotson. Of, they were at 59,000. UCLA hasn't played a game this year, technically, with 60,000 people in attendance. And here we are with UCLA's biggest game of this season. Could have been even bigger, but now they need some help. With a reported sellout, self-made, of course, of 70,000 plus. 
for the Bruins against USC, which was easily going to be the game where UCLA would have closer to a sellout, now a man-made sellout, and 70,000 plus. There's no question, as long as the Bruins took care of a lot of their schedule and USC took care of their schedule, there's going to be a lot of interest with Chip Kelly in a win-or-go-home season, despite the extension, and then Lincoln Riley coming in, rejuvenating the side across town. Okay, well, how long has it been since UCLA has had a home game with 70 or more, 70,000 or more in attendance? And even more importantly, when was the last time UCLA actually played a game where they won? Hint, hint. It's been a little bit. If you remember, I'll tell you after we discuss a little bit about LinkedIn Jobs. So with LinkedIn Jobs, we're all excited. Just know that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you want to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can use screening questions to cycle in the right candidates that you want to interview, and then eventually you want to hire. Use the screening tools with screening questions. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to it with Locked On UCLA. If you're listening, as we're talking about what was that 70,000 attendance plateau? If you're watching, well, you've been with us this whole time. It's been four years since UCLA has played a game with 70,000 in attendance. And we can really preface this again by saying the Bruins haven't been able to host a game against SC with fans officially in attendance. SC hosted one 19 and 21. Fans were in attendance then. UCLA's 2020 game, as exciting as that would have been, still, it was during COVID in late 2020 in December. Kind of remembering days of old when the Bruins and Trojans used to play back in December before the college football season got condensed from quote-unquote championship week. So the Bruins, through 2018, hadn't played a game in over four years that included 70,000 people in attendance, haven't hosted one, with over 70,000 people in attendance since 2016. They did play a game in 2017 at SC, a close back and forth game. Rosen's, one of Rosen's last games for UCLA, and the Bruins lost that one to SC, unfortunately, 28-23, when the Bruins were fighting for bowl eligibility and looking to ruin SC season. Didn't do that one in the Coliseum. So you have to go back to November 19th of 2016. November 19th, of 2016. Hmm. Why is this date oddly familiar for UCLA and SC? Well, it's not exactly a, a banner day for the Bruins. November 19th, a 7:30 kick, nationally televised, in a game where SC beat a very beaten up Bruins team, where Mike Faithful was starting for the Bruins and Josh Rosen was hurting out for the year at that point, wasn't even playing in 2016, that late in the season. And I see right all over the Bruins, 36-14. So that means from November 19th 
of 2016 to now what is November 19th of 2022. Almost a full cycle of the 19th coming from a Saturday to a Saturday. That's really kind of getting nerdy into it. But six years it'll be in between UCLA home games that had a reported attendance of over 70,000 people between any game for the Bruins at home against any other opponents. It's been over four years since UCLA's technically played in front of a crowd over 70,000 home on the road, but six years, it'll be exactly to the day because of the sellout already reported. Attendance will be somewhere over 70,000 unless something goes crazy and they botch that number. UCLA played in front of 71,000 November 19th, 7.30 p.m. against the Trojans in which they fell a little short against USC that year where the Bruins were hurt and didn't have much chance in that game. Then, earlier that year, after UCLA started 2-1, and one, you have to go back to Stanford, where the Bruins hosted a Stanford team, and Christian McCaffrey was on that squad, right? UCLA led going to the fourth quarter against Stanford with 70,000 in attendance against in the Rose Bowl, with still a Jim Moore-led team, and the Bruins fell short 22-13, which was a one-score game until literally the last play of the game on one of the worst bad beats ever in college football. You can remember the overtime loss against Texas A&M, over 100,000 people in Kyle Field with that late comeback from the Bruins to force overtime in the season opener where they fell a bit short. So it was 2016 when UCLA last had over 70,000 fans more than just once as we're diving in deep into this one. So it'll be six years in between UCLA home games with the reported attendance. Of course, they go by tickets sold, not exactly who's going to show up, who's going to sit next to the tarp with the U or the C or the L, whatever it is. So UCLA, it's been six years, all that. 2016, they had multiple games where the Bruins could not win with fans and attendance figures over the likes of 70,000. So now it gets you wondering, right? When has UCLA won a game with over 70,000 in attendance? And this is a little bit tough, right? Because the, most of the Pac-12, as Spencer McLaughlin, a uh, host here on the Locked On Network, he hosts Locked On Pac-12, does a great job with that show. He's talked about, yeah, most of the, the seating arrangements in the Pac-12, they don't even host and have big stadiums like UCLA and SC. And despite all the jokes with UCLA unable to fill the stadium, SC certainly hasn't filled up the stadium this year for any Sort of imagination. They've been top 10 ranked this whole year, for better or for worse. So either side, other than playing each other, really has trouble filling up their venues, including for UCLA. So dating back to 2015, UCLA played a game in front of 80,000 people in the Coliseum, excuse me, where they played USC with the Pac-12 South on the line in 2015 season. So now if you're counting, you have a couple of SC games, a Stanford game, an A&M game, and an Oklahoma game, kind of mixing and matching between the home and the road games. And for what I've gone so far, UCLA, over the last five in terms of crowds with over 70,000. Well, if you include that November 2015 loss against the Trojans, then, well, with the Pac-12 title South game on the line, that's another big game loss with 80,000. It's in 70,000 against Wazoo in the last home game of the season with UCLA leading late against Washington State. The Bruins fell short. You can go back to the early part of 2015 when the Bruins were 4-0, looking to go 5-0 and top 10 ranked when against ASU, they flopped at home against another Arizona school. 
and the Bruins found themselves losers 38 to 23 in a game that might have not have even been that close against the Arizona State Sun Devils. The Bruins lost a never another 70,000 game, 70,000 plus attended game. And the streak dates all the way back to 2014 Black Friday for UCLA. So you go all the way back, UCLA back in 2014. It's been eight years where UCLA has won a game with 70,000 people. And well, who is it against? USC. November 22nd, where they beat the Trojans 38-20 to in the midst of Moore's run, beating USC three years in a row. 2012, the epic rain game, 13 in the Coliseum, and 14. And what started as a kind of back-and-forth entertaining game and the Bruins then pulling it away and winning big against USC 38 to 20 keep the take the driver's seat dominate in the midst of a five game winning streak after a mid-season two game losing streak put themselves in the driver's seat to maybe as a two loss team in the first year of the pat of the college football playoff maybe make a new year six bowl a playoff a college football playoff game the Rose Bowl whatever it may be at, you know, the Rose Bowl's playoff in 2014, 2015. So it would have been a new, a big game. They beat USC in front of how many people, dare you say? It was 82,000 in November 2014, where the Bruins beat the Trojans with Pac 12 title hopes on the line. Well, with all they had to do was win on a Black Friday game against Stanford, November 28th, against the Cardinal at home in the middle of the day. I remember this game vividly. Crush my soul in the Rose Bowl. UCLA loses to Stanford in front of 70,000 people where they actually led 10-7 to and got outscored the rest of the game and lost 31-10 to where all they had to do was win to make it to the Pac-12 title game and get a rematch against Oregon with the Pac-12 championship on the line, which would have been their second meeting of the year. Well, what happened this year? UCLA had a chance to beat Arizona with the path clearly open in front of them to win out and make it to the Pac-12 title game without any help. They got the help, and now the Bruins need more help. So UCLA, in their last nine chances, when it comes to big games with big crowds, and while there's big important games like the Utah game where the Bruins passed the test, and they beat LSU last year, right? UCLA found themselves on the wrong end of all these games where the crowd showed up and largely with them at home in recent times, it's been on the road. But for UCLA, their last five times when they've been able to bring a crowd of 70,000, it's been an eight-year drought and an eight-year decline because when the fans have shown up, the Bruins have unfortunately have not. It comes back to the Black Friday curse where UCLA, all they do is beat a lowly Stanford team that year where if they beat the Cardinal, they could have gone on and made it to the Pac-12 title game against Stanford, where they very well could have and should have made it to the Pac-12 title game in 2014. So it dates back to their win against SC. They won in November 22nd, eight years ago. The last time UCLA in front of a crowd of 70,000 or more won a big game with big fans and big implications as they flop the next week. This year, with the Pac-12 title berth, the path on the line against Arizona, the Bruins, not with a big crowd, didn't flop, but now they need some help. And how do they get some help? Well, we tell you, but after we tell you 
about how bet online works. Because if you were a betting favorite, you would have thought UCLA could have taken care of business against Arizona, right? Big three touchdown favorites. Again, whatever it may be. Now the Bruins are underdogs at home against USC and needing a lot of help. They're not the betting odd favorites now with all they need to get to the Pac-12, which we'll get to as BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it with BetOnline. If you love podcasts, they've got great in-depth podcast analysis about betting and you're getting your betting fixed. They've got the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed with BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, so you may be wondering why it's been so long since UCLA has won a game with a vast amount of importance with a lot of fans, so thus they have a chance to not only, one, win and keep themselves alive for a Pac-12 title berth, two, ruin SC's late-season surge to a potential Pac-12 title berth, and despite all the hope of where maybe it could have been UCLA, SC, at the end of the season in the Pac-12 championship game for a second time in the same season, with the divisionless Pac-12 title game, it's not the case. UCLA needs some help. If SC wins, they're in. UCLA, despite what could be a tie between Utah, or Utah SC, and Washington, a four-way tie, although there's ways this could turn into a five-way tie, UCLA, Utah, SC, and UCLA. Yeah, got that all right. Utah, SC, Washington, UCLA. Those four teams. They all tie, despite having the tiebreaker with the USC and an organ. With despite having the tiebreaker, UCLA could find you know with the head-to-head tiebreaker could fall short. So let's explain it because even I'm having my head being scratched around. If you've read it, we're gonna refresh your memory because UCLA needs a bit of help. It can happen. But it starts with UCLA winning. And I just wanted to point out that if this was a year with the divisions in the North and the South for the Pac-12, if this was a year with the divisions, it would be so much simpler. It would be Oregon and Washington, USC, Utah, and UCLA. And all UCLA would need is to win their two games and need Utah to lose one of their two remaining games. Right? That seems simple. And for Oregon, all they'd have to do is not lose to Utah, and they would have the one. Ed, they would have the front, you know, they have the edge up on Washington unless they lose to Utah, and then Washington would jump to the Pac-12 North Championship. That is not the case because the divisions are cut, so it gets a lot more complicated with the tiebreakers. So I did the chance and did some digging. LA Times posted it as they detailed it because the Pac-12 wasn't exactly making much sense as to how it would go. So first things first, UCLA needs, 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 needs to win against USC and Cal. You get the tiebreaker against USC or some form of a tiebreaker. You beat SC, knock them out, which is very doable. And then you beat Cal on the road on Black Friday to avenge everything. However it shakes out, UCLA then needs Washington to lose to either Colorado you never know. You never know. If you remember, in 2011, Colorado beat Utah, and that allowed UCLA to get into the Pac-12 title game. So Colorado has been a friend before. Realistically, Washington then goes in their season, regular season finale on the road to Pullman to play Washington State, who, mind you, is 6-4 and four 
bowl eligible, had Oregon on the ropes in the fourth quarter at Martin Stadium, and they're bowl eligible in the Apple Cup. A very winnable and losable game for Washington on the road. So it can happen. UCLA needs two wins, and they need a Washington loss. Plus, those are the two things they need to have happen first for anything to play in. Yes, a win, a win, and a Washington loss in one of their last two games to help figure things out. And that's just to even get the Hail Mary shot going. Maybe not exactly a Hail Mary, but they need that. Then, it would have initially needed, if UCLA, if Oregon hadn't lost to Washington and UCLA hadn't lost to Arizona, then Oregon would have needed to beat Utah to really give UCLA a good shot because it would have been a three-team tiebreaker. Now, with more teams potentially tied, then it gets a little bit more troubling because UCLA needs to beat USC and Cal because, one, the Bruins would have two losses because they got two losses, and now they need SC to get that second loss, and they need Utah to get that second loss, which they do not have at the moment, and either Oregon or Utah are currently above them with one loss ahead of USC while the Bruins are tied with Washington. And despite UCLA beating Washington and both having two losses in the next two weeks, that's not what's going to help out because not everybody's played Washington. I know it's weird. It's funky. And with the way the standings read at the moment, let's go over it again. SC a top seven and one, Oregon six and one, Utah six and one, UCLA five and two, Washington five and two. All five teams could tie and that's not going to look really pretty for UCLA. That's not what's going to get the job done. So again, UCLA needs two wins a Washington loss, and regardless of who wins between Oregon or Utah, then it depends. It goes based on however it works. Because UCLA lost to Arizona, that's really hurting them. Of all the teams they could have lost to, the Arizona loss was arguably the most crushing. So how does it work? They can survive both multi-team tiebreakers that includes Utah or Oregon, But this is how it goes. They need two wins, a loss from Washington, and they'll either need Utah to go 2-0 or Oregon to go 2-0. Okay, so the Utah-Oregon game is important. Whoever wins that game needs to win their last regular season game. UCLA needs to win their last two regular season games, and they need Washington to lose, preferably in the Apple Cup, maybe in the Colorado game. Either one of those, and that's the combination. But if Oregon and Utah, if either one wins that game against each other this weekend, whoever loses, they need to lose. And then or whoever, so this is how it goes. UCLA two wins. Washington needs to lose. Oregon or Utah, whoever wins that game needs to win the regular season finale. Or they need to lose the regular season finale. And the loser of the Oregon Utah game needs to also lose their regular season finale. So again, UCLA wins both games, gets the one loss from Washington. Utah, Oregon needs to go 2-0 to finish the season, or both teams need to lose during the last week of the season. Who would have thought that when it came down to the, the, the curse of the Black Friday game against Stanford, where UCLA had a chance to win and be in, which would have been their last appearance, in the Pac-12 title game. Now, may it seem fitting that the Bruins, who had their path opened wide open for them, where it seemed as clear as day with the Oregon loss, they blow that, and now they need to win 
need some crazy help, and that could be the way they make it in. That may that might seem the most UCLA way of all time, but that's how it is. So it's been some time since UCLA has won a big game, and now they need some help, and they need both of those to combine into a potential win against a Crosstown rival and a potential Pac-12 title berth. So again, two UCLA wins. Washington needs to lose one of their last two games, and whoever wins Utah, Oregon needs to win their next game. Got it? Perfect. So if Utah wins. They need to win their last game. If Oregon wins, they need to win their last game against Oregon State, which can be tough. It gets kind of funky there. Either way, there's going to be some help. And there's going to be some craziness, and we're all here for it with Locked On UCLA. So go make on go make Locked On Sports Day your second listen today. It's free wherever you get your podcast. They get their big game recaps, takes of the day. They got a good show. It's free wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Go follow the show Twitter at Locked On Bruins, although we are Locked On UCLA. The show Twitter is Locked On Bruins. Get hyped. Hey, clap, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. Beat SC. Beat the living snot out of SC. Go Bruins. Let's go. Cobra.